and I'm so glad that you all are here tonight just to worship, just to be in God's presence. We're going to continue to worship a little bit together, but what I'm going to do right now, I'm going to give you about a, about a 10 minute break, let you rest your legs just for a minute. And I want to share just a little word with you. I want you to just have a seat, rest in the presence of God. If you're going to rest your legs, you need to pray for my worship team's legs though. They're going to continue to stand and God's going to sustain them and strengthen them. I don't know about you, but as I was just thinking about coming and worshiping tonight, one of the things that the Lord really kept telling me, and it was almost like he wasn't necessarily telling me, but I was reminded of just how desperate I am for God all the time, just how desperate I am for Jesus, just how desperate I am for the, for the Holy Spirit. I, even, I told Justin, you know, even tonight, if God doesn't do it, uh -uh, it's just I don't, I don't have any strength in it of myself. I don't have any wisdom in it of myself, but I trust that God will supply those things for me. And I'm so grateful, I'm so thankful, listen, that when Jesus died for me on the cross, when he died for you on the cross, he shed his blood so that we could be forgiven of all of our sins. And I'm thankful for that, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the fact that that veil was torn and that means you and I can have access into the presence of God. I'm so thankful for that. But you know, I never understood for the longest time that Christianity was far more than just being forgiven of our sins and going to heaven when we die. I never really realized, I didn't realize that Jesus also promised that he would send his spirit because of the sacrifice that he made on the cross. And that when he sent his spirit, the spirit of God was going to come and transform our hearts, give us a new heart, give us a new mind, write the laws of God in our hearts and in our minds. And he was going to transform who we were and he was going to live on the inside of us. We were going to become the temple of God. I didn't realize that. And I, and I, I, I always, I go back over and over again all the time when I'm thinking about God and thinking about what he's done for my life and just thanking him for what he's done. And, I'm, and, I, and I think about the addictions that I had. I think about the strongholds that were in my life and I began to seek God and I sought God for a year. I was reading the Bible, I was praying, I was fasting and it seemed like nothing in my life was changing. Matter of fact, it seemed like things were getting worse as I was seeking the Lord. And I kept trying so hard to change. I kept trying so hard to be different, to, to lay things down, to let go of habits. I tried so hard and I continued to fail time after time after time. And I can remember one night in my bedroom, I was living in Lexington at the time. I was so desperate, I finally I had given up. And I cried out to God one, one morning. And I, and I said, God, if I cannot live the way that you've called me to live based on what I'm reading here in your word, then I just don't want to live anymore. And in that moment of desperation, the Holy Spirit showed up in my life in a way that was more real than ever before. And he revealed Jesus to me in a way that he'd never been revealed before. And in that moment, I was completely set free from the addictions that had bound me. And there was some, there was like, there was a fire that was placed upon me. I, I believe that's why, I believe that's why John the Baptist, he said that this man, I'm not worthy to untie his shoes. He said, he's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. It means he's going to put an, a consuming passion on the inside of you that you didn't have before. And I remember when God set me free that night, it was, there was a passion that was birthed in my heart because before that I wouldn't talk to my friends about Jesus I wouldn't share Jesus with anybody I was a believer but I was in bondage and I was powerless and after that moment when I got around people I could not contain what God had done in my life and what he had done in my heart and I'm thankful for for the fact that Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit he sent the Holy Spirit to empower the church so that listen God's grace is not just about taking the worst of us and the most broken of us and those who have been in, in such darkness because we all have in different ways but it's not just about forgiving us and leaving us where we are it's about forgiving us and giving us a new heart and empowering us to live a new life 
And when God did that in my heart, it became such a revelation. I remember I was reading scripture and I was reading through the book of Acts. And I saw this connection between prayer and worship and praise and the power of the Holy Spirit and encounters with God. I just saw that there. And I remember when Jesus said, he told his disciples, he said, guys, I don't want you to just go out right out of the gate. I'm, I'm resurrected now. I'm going to ascend to the Father. But he said, I don't want you to go out right now because if you go, you're going to go and you're going to be powerless. He said, but I want you to wait in Jerusalem and wait there until you are clothed with power from on high. This is what he says. And so they go and 120 of them, of Jesus' disciples, are in an upper room. And imagine this, they're in a room like us, maybe the same number that we have here tonight. I don't know. But it's a number very close. And they're in that upper room. They're beginning to pray and intercede. Why? Because God had given them a promise. He'd given them a promise and they're praying together, 120 of them. I like what this verse says in Acts chapter 1, verse 13, 14. It says, all of them were united in prayer, gripped with one passion, interceding night and day. And on the 10th day of their prayers to God, waiting on God's promise, all of a sudden there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, the scripture says. Suddenly. And it says they were all filled with the Spirit of God. And what is so amazing at this point when they were filled with the Spirit of God is a man that had just denied Jesus three times out of fear of persecution, out of fear of death. All of a sudden, he has a boldness in his heart to proclaim the Word of God. And the Old Testament verses are just coming to his mind. And he stands up in front of thousands of people on the day of Pentecost. And the same men that crucified Jesus, now it's not because he saw him resurrected and raised from the dead. It's because Jesus Christ came to live on the inside of him through the power of the Holy Spirit. If it was only seeing a resurrected Jesus, Jesus would have never told him to wait. But he said, there's something that's going to come and move you on the inside. And Peter began to proclaim the gospel. And he called men and women to repentance. And 3,000 men said, what must we do? Men and women said, what must we do to be saved? And he told them to repent and believe on Jesus Christ. And 3,000 were saved that day. And it gets better from there, though, because it says, and it's always connected with prayer if you read in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 3. It says in the first, first verse, it says that they were going to prayer. They were going to pray at the hour of prayer. And there was a crippled man standing, sitting there at the gate called Beautiful. And he was crippled from his birth. And Peter and John are walking up. They're going to pray. You see, these, you see more encounters when you're either praying or on your way to pray. Amen. And all of a sudden, they're getting there. And they see this man. And he, he asked them for money. And they said, silver and gold have we none, but such as we have we give unto you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And immediately his ankle bones were strengthened. And he stood up on his feet and he began to leap and praise God. And everybody was freaking out because this man whom they know was lame from his birth. Uh, all of a sudden he begins to rejoice and praise God. So they surround him. And Peter gets bold again. It says that he's filled with the Holy Spirit again. And he begins to preach. And the Pharisees and the religious people, they gather around because they don't like what's going on. And they command Peter and John. They say, boys, you better hush talking about Jesus and preaching in Jesus name and he said fellas I don't know now he's got this boldness in him because the spirit of God's in him he said I, you, need to, you need to judge for yourself whether it's better for us to obey God or obey man he said because we cannot help but speak the things that we have seen and heard because there is no name under heaven by which men must be saved that's the name of Jesus so these men threatened them they said well we don't know what to do, but I'm telling you, don't preach anymore in Jesus' name. So Peter said, all right, all right, that, you, 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 you do do you, I'll do me. Basically is what he says. And I love what he does because he gets in this, in this predicament. And I tell you, I think sometimes most of us in our generation, if somebody were to threaten us and tell us to quit preaching, we would just whimper and go over in a corner and quit preaching in Jesus' name. But he had a fire in his heart. 
He calls a prayer meeting. They go to a prayer meeting. And here's the prayer that they begin to pray in Acts chapter 4. He cries out and he says, Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with boldness they may speak your word. And he says, next verse, By stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And it says, all of a sudden, when they, when they had prayed, the place where they assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. With unrestrained boldness in the Greek. It means that they could not contain it because it was overflowing. The Holy Spirit gets a hold of you and all of a sudden the Word of God is in your mouth and it flows from you and you can't contain it because He's doing something in your life. And they begin to speak the Word of God with all boldness. And what is so interesting to me is by the time you get to Acts chapter 4 right there where they had that prayer meeting, Peter has already been filled with the Spirit three times according to Scripture. Now, I want you to understand that we believe that when a person puts faith in Jesus Christ that the Holy Spirit literally comes in and regenerates them, gives them a new spirit, means they're born again. And guess what? When you're born again by simple faith in Christ, nothing more. You're saved by grace through faith, not of works lest any man should boast. But when you believe in Jesus, the Spirit of God comes and lives on the inside of you and He will never leave you and He will never forsake you. He chooses to abide in that temple forever. You say amen to that. But the Scripture also teaches... That just because He lives there does not mean that we should not seek to be continually filled with Him. Because it's one thing for Him to live there, it's another thing for me to be consumed with who He is. Amen. In Ephesians 5.18 it says, Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, which basically means loss of self-control. He says, don't get drunk with these other spirits. Don't get drunk with alcohol or wine. He said, then you'll lose self-control. He says, but instead, be filled with the Spirit. In the Greek language it reads, be continuously always being filled with the Spirit. Every day of your life be filled with the Spirit. And he even gives a little bit of a, a, a little bit of a, I guess you could say, a recipe for how to continue to be filled with the Spirit. And he says, speaking to yourselves, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Do you understand that when we come together in these worship nights, when we're singing, when we're opening our mouths to God, that the Spirit of God is beginning to invade our hearts and our lives. And I believe the more that we open to Him, the more that we give ourselves to Him, the more capacity we have to be filled with the Spirit of God. It's one thing that I'm saved and the Spirit lives on the inside of me. It's another thing that I'm completely open to God through relationship, in prayer, in worship, and in praise. And I'm opening my heart and saying, God, fill me with your power. Fill me with your Spirit. Because it's not enough that I'm just born again and going to heaven. I need you to use me. I need you to break the power of sin in my life. And I know that it cannot happen unless I'm filled by the power of the Holy Spirit. And see, Satan knows this. Satan knows that the last thing he wants is for you to enter into a relationship with God where you understand the power of prayer, you understand the power of praise, you understand the power of worship, and you open yourself up to the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Satan understands that. He's afraid of that. In Acts chapter 16, this is my last story, and I'll be, and I'll be done. But in Acts chapter 16, you see in, in, in verse 16, now Paul, no, notice if you read through the book of Acts, man, they're preaching everywhere. Thousands of people are getting saved. The devil's getting upset. Amen. He doesn't like it. And it says, now it happened as we went to prayer. Notice again, where were they going? It's going to prayer. That a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination, and the Greek word there is python, strangely enough. It was about, it was about the fact that they, they, the, in Greek mythology there was something called python, and they believed that you would become an oracle in this place called Delphi if the spirit of python were to possess you, so to speak. And they worshiped this god, 
and the spirit of Python would possess them and they would be given these powers, so to speak. And this woman was possessed with this spirit and it says, who met us, who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. And here's what's so interesting. This spirit of Python, I want you to understand this. I was watching a video the other day. I was telling somebody about it. And I watched, I, I legitimately watched a Python strike a full grown deer and then wrap it up and coil around it choke the life out of this deer and, and, and if you'll notice what would happen the python the deer would be breathing and as it took a deep breath and it exhaled the python would squeeze tighter because ultimately he was after the breath he was restricting and constricting until no longer was there any breath and I promise you when Satan comes to attack you he slowly constricts you because he's after the breath of God in your life he's after the Holy Spirit in your life and he attacks your prayer life he attacks your worship he attacks your praise he attacks your communion he attacks your word life getting in scripture and he attacks these things he does not want us to come together with one voice seriously genuinely not just singing songs but believing God's gonna do something in our lives Believing God's going to transform us so that we can go out and minister the gospel to the world. He tries to constrict it. And, and here's what's so interesting is that this spirit was using this woman to say, Hey, these men, these men are, the, are the men of the Most High God. They're trying to show you the way to salvation. That was truth. Do you know that sometimes even the devil will speak truth? He's a liar, but when he comes, he comes to distract. And, and he will bring any kind of distraction. Your past your shame, the sins of your past. He'll bring all kinds of overwhelming circumstances because he's trying to choke your relationship with God out so that you're no longer filled with the Spirit and you become dormant and you have no spiritual breath in you. And finally, I like what it says, Paul, it says he finally, he just got annoyed and he turned and he said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. The Spirit leaves this woman and her masters immediately realize that they lost their money maker, that the, that the power she had was gone. So they said, boys, we're going to take them to to the magistrates the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten Paul and Silas were beaten stripped of their clothes and he said hey throw them in the prison fasten them in stocks and they were fastened in stocks and I, I say this all the time but if I was Paul and Silas at that time and I went through those circumstances here's, here's what I would say I would say Lord I've been serving you I turn to you I'm preaching the gospel all over the world how is it you gonna let me get beaten and then throw me into a prison that would be my attitude and so many people that I talk to when they begin their relationship with God let me tell you something Satan is not going to allow it to be easy on you he's going to attack you he's going to resist you he's going to try to choke the breath out of you but they had a different response because they were full of the Holy Spirit and Paul understood he taught things like this he said pray always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit he said pray without ceasing in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you right he knew that so he looks over at Silas at midnight and here's what it says in verse 25 it says but at midnight Paul and Silas notice what they were doing they were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them next verse says suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed I love this because I believe with all of my heart that when people come united in prayer gripped with one passion and they choose to sing songs to the Lord and they choose to pray and they choose to seek God's face and they believe that God is going to bring breakthrough in the darkest hours of their life that something in the spiritual realm begins to move something begins to shift and sometimes it is such a powerful shift in the realm that you cannot see that it manifests itself in the realm that you can see and those prison foundations were shaken and every door was open and every chain was loose and I believe that tonight God is wanting to do that 
that same thing in some of our lives. I believe he wants to open some doors. I believe he wants to loose some chains. And let me tell you something. I've experienced chains being loosed in my own life, and there is no greater feeling. And even sometimes, you know what I'm saying? This is why the scripture says be always being filled, because I get a little bit dormant sometimes. I get a little bit lazy. I get a little bit tired. I get a little bit worn out. And I get back to that place of desperation where I say, God, if you don't fill me with your spirit, I'm going to choke out. I can't breathe unless you fill me once again, unless you touch me once again. And the prisoner, the, the, the jailer comes and he realizes that they're, that, they're, that they're out and he's about to kill himself. And Paul says, listen, man, you don't have to do that. We're all here. We're not leaving. And so the jailer falls down on his feet and he cries out because he realizes something is going on. He says, what do I have to do to be saved? I realize God's doing something. And Paul says to him, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and your household. And here's what I believe God was speaking to me is that when he, wants, when he looks to save somebody, he doesn't just look to save individuals. He wants to save households. He wants to transform families. And I believe that it begins when the people of God simply understand their power in prayer, their power in praise, their power in worship. And it's not just an event. A worship night is not just an event that you hold so that you can sing some cool Christian songs, but it's an event that you come to and you gather together and you say, we're doing this for a purpose. We're the people of God. We, we have a mission. We need to be filled with the spirit and power of God. Not everybody in the community that's lost showed up tonight. I don't know if you realize that or not, but there's a lot of people out there that need you to be a Christian tomorrow. That needs you to be filled with the Spirit tomorrow. Not just singing songs on a Sunday night, but needs you to come on a Sunday night to say, God, just like Peter said, call a prayer meeting, have them pray, let them be filled and charged so that when they go out tomorrow, they walk in power and lives are changed. So I want us to stand to our feet tonight. And I don't know where you're at. I want some of us, if we will, I want us to pray together. We're gonna, we, we are going to worship and we're going to play three more songs. And I, just as an act of unity, I want everybody who will. And if, you know, if you're uncomfortable, that's cool. You can stay right where you're at. But everybody who will, I just want you to begin to move to the front right here. I want us to worship together in unity. I want us to move to the front. Some of us just begin to move to the front. Those of us that, well, I know, I know it feels a little bit awkward, but that's okay. You know, sometimes when it comes to the Holy Spirit, He'll call you out to do something that feels just a little bit uncomfortable because when you make that step of faith to do what's uncomfortable, He'll meet you there and He'll begin to break chains. We want to pray with people tonight. We want to see God move in your life. We want to see these chains break. We want to worship. We want to pray and allow God. I don't know about you, but I want to pray like Peter prayed. I want to pray, Lord, grant that your servants would be filled with your spirit, that we would speak your word with all boldness, and that you would stretch forth your hand to heal and to do signs and wonders in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. I want to be filled with the spirit of God. Amen? Amen. Won't you lift your hands just for a minute? Let's begin to pray. They were united in prayer, gripped with one passion. Lord, we just begin to lift up our prayer. God, I'm praying. Father, that your spirit would fall in this place as we worship you, as we give you praise. I, I pray that you would open up every heart, Lord Jesus. And God, that people would be set free right now in these next few moments. The Holy Spirit, you would begin to move from person to person. You would bring salvation. You would bring deliverance, God. The chains of fear, the strongholds of addiction, Lord God. The shame, all of it would be broken in Jesus' name. And God, I am praying. 
Lord, that even as we begin to sing to you and we lift our prayer to you, that God, this would shake the foundations of the prison throughout Clay County, God, that is holding people captive. And Lord, that every door would be open and every chain would be loosed in the name of Jesus. Lord, we're believing you for that. We just lift up your name. I want you guys to just begin to play. Just go ahead and play.